We know Georgia politics from Peachtree Street to Pennsylvania Avenue. Politically Georgia podcast delivers exclusive news and analysis five days a week by a team of veteran political insiders watching your public officials. Hosted by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Greg Bluestein, Bill Nygut, Tia Mitchell, and Patricia Murphy. Listen weekdays at 10 a.m. on WABE 90.1. Stream everywhere or at AJC.com forward slash podcasts. News and analysis five days a week from Politically Georgia podcast. From the studios of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., you are on the Hill. Tom Fitzgerald here with you, and we are pleased to welcome Irvin McCullough. Irvin is a national security analyst at the Government Accountability Project, and uh, we talked to him moments ago on our television broadcast about whistleblower protections, and we're pleased to welcome you to the On the Hill podcast. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. So, uh, Irvin, you know, a lot of people probably this week, um, they've heard the term, whistleblower but they got a a quick education in the fact that this is something that actually exists within the united states government um called the the whistleblower protection so how old is this and why does this exist why does the government have a set out set of rules to allow people to report things that they think are not on the up and up well, the very first whistleblower protection statute that we usually refer to in the modern history is found inside the Civil Service Reform Act back in the ni- 1979. It's a post-Watergate era reform. But rel- most relevant to the intelligence community, uh, the Intelligence Community Whistleblower Protection Act was signed in 1998. Ironically named, it doesn't actually provide any protections for retaliation for intelligence community whistleblowers, but it does set up this process by which intelligence community employees and contractors can make disclosures, protected disclosures about waste, fraud, abuse, violations of laws, rules, and regulations to inspectors general, watchdogs who can actually do something about the allegations. Yeah. Some people who have criticized uh, the, the whistleblower rules as they're currently written says say that this is an end around normal means of going up a chain of command um is there a method by which someone can report things through channels as opposed to just going the whistleblower route there actually is it really depends on the agency but as i believe the new york times reported earlier this week the whistleblower in today's headlines actually did try to go through their chain of command at the Central Intelligence Agency. There is a dissent channel that whistleblowers can use to file uh, essentially disagreements, formal disagreements, that will go to the Central Intelligence Agency's general counsel, their top lawyers, who can essentially evaluate allegations as to whether or not they're credible. As we saw in the New York Times report, however, the Central Intelligence Agency's general counsel sent those allegations directly to the White House and the Justice Department, two people both mentioned inside the allegations. Essentially, you have the fox in the hen house here. Now, I was opened it up by talking about this, you know, uh, uh, in general a little bit, but let's talk about what this actually is. This is a whistleblower complaint against the President of the United States. Um, obviously, you don't have to spell out for people uh, the stakes here. Um, The Democrats this past week uh, opened a formal impeachment inquiry. There was already testimony this week by the acting uh, 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 DNI, uh, Joseph McGuire, about uh, this complaint, about why it was not sent directly to Congress. Um, So walk us through 
how people are supposed to find out about these things who need to find out about them. Where, how is a whistleblower complaint supposed to be moved along? The statute says that whistleblower complaints are supposed to go straight to the inspector general. The inspector general then conducts a preliminary review. They do this in about 14 days. That's the statutorily mandated time frame that the inspector general has to review the allegations. Now, from what we know here, those steps took place. The inspector general did review this and then deemed the complaint was credible. So I want to stop there for a minute. When the inspector general looks at this complaint and says it's credible, does that mean it's true? Uh, not exactly. It means it's credible, which is a very serious statement. Essentially, they, the inspector general says, this is a credible complaint. These allegations are credible. They are urgent. They need further investigation by an entity responsible to investigate. So it's worthy of further examination, in other words. Absolutely. But the credibility finding is quite serious. I don't want to unders undersell essentially how serious it is. The inspector general conducts this preliminary review. They speak to witnesses that whistleblowers name inside the allegations. In most cases, inspectors general actually do not find allegations credible. Whistleblowers have a very hard time making their case to inspectors general. So hard, in fact, that one of my biggest gripes with the inspectors general that I work with is essentially they turn away too many good cases that could be credible. So the fact that the inspector general found this case credible is serious. And one of the things that also opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact was that the Inspector General not only found this credible, but as the president himself has mentioned time and again since this kind of exploded in the headlines, this is a whistleblower who did not have personal knowledge of the things that they are reporting on. So that also opened up a lot of eyes to say, well, if the Inspector General is going to find this report credible, the contents of this complaint are of mm -hmm. such a serious matter that this should have gone on to Congress and the higher-ups immediately, but it didn't. Exactly, what it happened, should have. Why did the report not take those 14 days, two weeks, the way it's supposed to? Well, when the acting director of national intelligence received the, report, the preliminary review from the inspector general finding that the allegations were credible... Uh, he immediately wanted to consult with the White House counsel and the Department of Justice. Essentially, he wanted to make sure that because these allegations involve presidential communications, that the inspector general had the authority to rule on them. The DNI believes, according to a DOJ OLC opinion, that the inspector general did not have that authority. However, I respectfully disagree, and most of the whistleblower experts who do this kind of stuff for a living, like me, would disagree with that. Well, it begs the question, if they didn't, who would? Exactly. The Inspector General is the one person who actually has a dual reporting requirement. That means that the Inspector General works for the Congress and the President. That means when the Inspector General reviews allegations of wrongdoing like this, he has a duty to inform the Congressional Intelligence Committees of his work. And that should have happened here. If I'm a whistleblower, do I actually have to have personal knowledge or have witnessed directly the things for which I am alleging in a whistleblower report? No, you do not. But for the inspector general to make a credibility determination, they probably will have to get some type of firsthand knowledge in the course of their preliminary review. Mm -hmm. Essentially, when they're doing this review, they are talking to witnesses, they are reviewing documents, they are sending out hold requests and preservation requests to make sure that evidence does not disappear. 
when they do that, they find firsthand evidence, and in this case, they found enough to say that the allegations are credible. President, in his own uh, remarks uh, before the uh, United States mission to the United Nations was recorded as saying that uh, the individual who shared this information with the whistleblower, in his words, uh, was a spy. Um, are whistleblowers spies? No, whistleblowers are not spies. They could be spies, but then they'd be blowing the whistle about something else. Essentially, the people that the president is talking about are also whistleblowers in their own right. They have informed other, other people with need to know inside the intelligence community about alleged wrongdoing. And then one of the people they informed became this whistleblower because they were so concerned about that. But whistleblower protection regulations, depending on these original folks' employment classifications, could apply to them. They could be protected as whistleblowers if they're retaliated against. There have been some questions about the protections uh, that are in place for whoever this particular whistleblower is, especially in light of the fact that the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, has made some very pointed remarks over the last couple of days about finding out who this whistleblower is. Why, why are they anonymous? Why do they need to be kept anonymous? They are, they are anonymous because foregoing their anonymity would paint a target on their back. Just for reasons that you just outlined, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, a loyal Trump ally, is trying to out this whistleblower. They are trying to find a way to retaliate against this whistleblower. They want to make, it, uh, make this entire case about the whistleblower, not about the facts that the whistleblower is disclosing. This case on its own is pretty big and gravely important to the future of the country and certainly the future of this administration. But do you have larger concerns in general about what this would do to whistleblowing in totality if we get into a situation where this turns into some sort of Salem witch trial, you know, to, you know, you know coin one of the mm-hmm. president's terms <laughs> about the witch hunt, but that if you were to make a whistleblower complaint that somehow you have done something wrong. I'm very glad that you asked that because I am deeply concerned about the state of intelligence community whistleblower protections. Essentially, this whistleblower did everything right. They went through all the proper channels. They are the poster boy for intelligence community whistleblowing and source protection. However, they are still experiencing a large amount of public attention with people that want to retaliate against them, like the president has indicated on Twitter and at his comments at that one breakfast. Essentially, I'm afraid that if the inspector general can be overruled by the director of national intelligence, as he has been in this case, the DNI said that the complaint is not an urgent concern, as the IG found. But if the inspector general can be overruled by the DNI on this case, what's to stop that from happening in the future? Whistleblowers shouldn't have to ask themselves, are my disclosures too political? Are my disclosures against someone too powerful? Before they go to the inspector general and report wrongdoing. The fact that they have to ask themselves these questions now is alarming in the least. And it casts a shadow over the next person who may have something that they need to uh, come forward and report through the Whistleblower Protection Act. Absolutely. I mean, intelligence accountability is all about sources. Inspectors general need people on the ground. They need eyes and ears inside the intelligence community, brick folks uh, actually working inside the agencies to tell them what's going on and what's wrong. As we just learned 
this this past week. Two years ago, there was an entire facet of President Trump's conversation with two Russian officials in the Oval Office that no one knew about. And that's because there were no whistleblowers that cooperated with the Mueller investigation on that element. Essentially, inspectors general need whistleblowers to want to cooperate with them. And all of the public attacks against people cooperating with this inspector general are heinous. They are going to chill future whistleblowers. We have heard that the whistleblower in this instance in regards to the report of the president is willing to testify before Congress. What we don't know as we sit here right now is who this whistleblower is, although there has been some reporting uh, from the New York Times this past week uh, that this individual uh, may have been a CIA uh, agent and uh, temporarily assigned to the White House, which is now Return to the CIA. I want to ask you about that from someone who deals in the issue of, of whistleblowing. What did you think of the New York Times this week reporting this? Um, in essence, giving some information out about who this individual may be. I was deeply troubled by the New York Times report. It, it's whistleblowers should be treated just like any other journalist sources, essentially, by reporting identifying information about this whistleblower, the New York Times essentially said, hey, the next time a government employee has a problem with something, when the next time they experience wrongdoing, don't go to the inspector general who will protect your anonymity. Come to us. We'll protect your anonymity, but only if you come directly to us with a story. That's just not how you want to incentivize blowing the whistle inside the intelligence community. That's not how you want to incentivize intelligence oversight and accountability. Uh, the New York Times, I believe, was irresponsible in their reporting of the facts because when there are whistleblowers blowing the whistle on such specific things, there's only a certain amount of people that could actually have the knowledge that the New York Times uh, reported. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the information a whistleblower can be blowing the whistle on is more of a fingerprint than anything else. And it also, you know, the worst kept secret is that the relationship between this White House and the intelligence community has not been the best to put it kindly, um, if the White House were to follow through on some of its past statements about finding leakers, in their words, uh, certainly that couldn't really help mend that relationship in any, in any way. No, not at all. And essentially, that's what I'm afraid of here, is that the White House is starting to see valid whistleblowers who use the proper channels and make protected disclosures as leakers. Uh, this whistleblower is not a leaker. This whistleblower did not take classified information to the New York Times or the Washington Post. They took it to the Intelligence Community Inspector General, who has a duty to protect classified information under their care. Essentially, this all stayed within the government. They did everything right, yet the White House is trying to use this playbook that they've been using against people that go directly to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Do you have a feeling on whether or not this whistleblower should go public, say their name, testify in public for Congress? sit at a witness table, answer questions on television? I really don't think that's a good idea. I Why don't think not? the whistleblower wants that, first off. This whistleblower is inside the intelligence community. Now, I've worked with a lot of intelligence community professionals, and not a single one of them ever likes doing podcasts like this or going on TV like we just did. Right. They are trying to stay outside the limelight. They are trying to stay in the shadows to do important work that protects our national security. This whistleblower doesn't want to get hauled in front of a witness table and be forced to answer questions from half the side that wants to know more about what he's saying and the other half that just want to criticize him and lambast him for making his disclosures. There's an argument to be made, though, though, if the supporters of the president and the president himself um, uh, should have an opportunity to face his accuser. Is there any validity mm -hmm. to that in your view? You know, there actually is, but 
the accuser is not the whistleblower. The whistleblower is just reporting information. The whistleblower did not say in their report, I believe that the president has engaged in wrongdoing and should be impeached. The whistleblower just laid out the facts, and the facts point to the, fa to the fact that the president did engage in wrongdoing. His accusers will be witnesses that actually appear before the Congressional Intelligence Committee and the other committee's jurisdiction involved in the impeachment investigation. At that time, I'm sure that Republican members will be able to ask whatever questions that they like to those kinds of witnesses, but not to the whistleblower. We have anonymity in this process in place for a reason. All the publicity this has gotten in the past week, I, I can't imagine does a lot to increase people's uh, desire to use whistleblowing if they got a little taste this past week mm -hmm. of the contraception uh, that they would receive uh, from this. So a as we move through this process, are you concerned at all as far as any kind of chilling effect on the use of whistleblowing moving forward? That if people are going to be called spies, if they're going to be called disloyal, if they're going to be attacked uh, by you know prominent members of Congress, that this might have an overarching chilling effect on the use of this protection, which is you know rooted mm -hmm. now, going past forty years in our mm -hmm. in our the way our government operates. I'm deeply concerned about a chilling effect that will impact whistleblowers uh, in the future, yeah, and that's really for two reasons. The first is because of how convoluted this process was handled. Essentially, a whistleblower who wants to go through the proper channels, who wants to make a protected disclosure of wrongdoing, they see these channels and they will now see that they haven't worked. In the most high-profile case where it is uh, totally important that these channels work as intended, they did not. Although the disclosure did get from point A to point B, it was in such a convoluted way and fashion that the DNI actually stepped in and pro almost prohibited the disclosure from ever reaching Congress and reaching folks who could actually make a difference. The second reason why this might create a chilling effect is because of the retaliation that this whistleblower has already experienced in the public's eye. It has not been formal retaliation. The whistleblower is not protected from people saying bad things about them, but they are protected from adverse employment actions. And still, although they may not be formally protected from the president going on Twitter and saying that they're a spy or ridiculous or the president at a breakfast saying that whistleblowers like this one should be put in the electric chair, essentially. That's not what he actually said. But I am very afraid that retaliation, even informal, will create a chilling effect against future whistleblowers who are watching this all play out with us. Irvin McCullough is a national security analyst at the Government Accountability Project, and he was kind to join us enough on the On the Hill podcast to talk about whistleblowing. Irvin, we thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And we thank you, as always, for joining us on the Hill podcast. From the studios of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., I'm Tom Fitzgerald. We'll see you back here next time on the Hill. Ven a JCPenney y termina tus compras navideñas con brillantes descuentos como hasta 70% en joyería después del cupón. Además tenemos velas, mantas suavecitas y más desde $7.99 y miles de doorbusters en marcas como Adidas, Champion, Disney y Carters. Recoge tu pedido el mismo día. Es rápido y gratis. Estará listo en dos horas o menos hasta las 3 p.m. en Nochebuena. JCPenney, celebraciones que valen la pena. Ofertas válidas hasta el 24 de diciembre en selección de estilos. Aplican exclusiones. Doorbusters excluyendo los cupones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com.